Good morning. Psalm 1. Blessed are those who do not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But their delight is the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in season, and whose leaves do not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And a small reading from Mark, chapter 1, verses 35 to 39. Jesus prays in a solitary place. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he travelled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. Let's pray together, shall we? (laughs) Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's a certain certain rhythm to the year, isn't there? And um, I wonder if you identify with any of this. We, we, We start the year so often with that sense of celebration and a bit of reflection. A new year is beginning, there are new opportunities. Maybe even for some of you, there are or have been New Year's resolutions. Uh, I won't ask whether seven weeks in, you're still keeping to those resolutions. But within a few days of the start of the year, we, um, some of us come to the realisation that um, we've spent far too much over Christmas and they need to rein in our spending. And then we hunker down and battle through the cold, dark, wet weeks of February before signs of new life give us hope for springtime. The evenings get lighter, the temperature gets warmer. The birds are building their nests and daffodils are bursting into buds. We move on towards Easter. Easter itself brings that sense of transformation. By May time, we're indulging in those two bank holidays, those two long weekends. It's exam season for some, and then the prospect of long summer holidays. Time away, perhaps, and a break from the normal rhythms. Lazy summer evenings, barbecues, a day at the seaside. 
All too soon, autumn is upon us, a new school year, leaves falling, days shortening, harvest, fireworks, remembrance, and before we know it, Christmas is upon us once again, and another year has gone. There's a rhythm to the uh, Christian calendar and the church year. Already we've journeyed from Epiphany into Lent. We move on to Easter, to Pentecost. And then there's a strange season in the Christian year, which is sometimes known as ordinary time, reminding us that the whole year isn't about feasting and festival. From there, we emerge into the celebration of harvest, on towards Advent, and finally, on to Christmas. For most of us, there's a rhythm to our days or our weeks. There might be a set time you get out of bed, a set time you go to work, you take your lunch break, you eat your meals, you spend time with others, you watch TV in the evenings perhaps, or you settle down for the night. And these rhythms are all important. They provide stability and security, a strong sense of order. Some of them are forced upon us by our life circumstances or by the job that we do. Some we have more control over. One of the things we have a fair degree of control over is the the rhythms we put in place to nurture our relationship with God. Important aspects of a Christian's daily life. We're thinking in this season about rhythms of life, healthy habits or disciplines which sustain us and inspire us. Habits also make us more effective in our service of God in the world. And the way we express these habits will change. They're not static. They'll change dependent on our life circumstances, our our age, our career, whether we're single or married. Many, many factors come into play, whether we have children, their stage of their development. But we do well to pay good attention to these habits, just as we do to the signs that we experience relating to our physical health, our mental health and well-being. As I reflect on my healthy habits or spiritual disciplines, I know that they have changed over years in different life phases. As a teenager, I was incredibly fortunate to be part of a strong youth group. And then the, uh, the Dane Hill youth camps to develop patterns of prayer and Bible reading, the sort of traditional quiet time idea. Those patterns learned then have stood me in good stead over the years. But As I've gone through life, the pattern has changed. Full-time employment meant a change in those patterns. There are things that have changed in times of singleness or as a married man. Giving habits have developed. I've become more comfortable with silence and times of retreat. The way I've served has changed across the decades. And for all of us, these sorts of habits will have changed and evolved. If those habits were to stay the same, they wouldn't actually meet our needs at different stages of our lives. Back in the uh, 1980s, some of you remember the 1980s, Richard Foster wrote a seminal book, next slide as well, 
called Celebration of Discipline. Has anyone read, I asked this question at 9.15, and I was pleased to hear that two people, apart from myself, had read this book. Has anyone read Celebration of Discipline? Yes! I thought there'd be a few here. It had quite an influence on me as a young believer. It looks at 12 different habits or disciplines, spiritual disciplines, that might feed a believer's soul. Meditation, prayer, fasting, study, simplicity, solitude, etc. Some of these things don't come naturally to us, but are life-giving and sustaining. Now we know from scripture, don't we, we've heard it this morning, that Jesus incorporated some of these things into his own life and pattern. Those verses from Mark 1, times of solitude and prayer early in the day leaving the disciples and the busyness and the hustle and bustle and taking time by himself to engage with his heavenly Father. We read of him in the Gospels, in times of learning with others, even at the early age of 12, he's there debating in the synagogues, worshipping. We encounter him interceding for the world around We read of him serving others in so many different ways. We find him seeking the Father's will. All these things, part of Jesus' rhythm of life, keeping him connected with his Heavenly Father. Well, this year, as part of our desire to go deeper with God as individuals and as a community, we'll be encouraging a particular focus on six healthy habits. More of that in a few moments. We hope that these things will become, if they aren't already, embedded in your lives. Next slide, please. Part of a rhythm of life. And the next one as well. Now, some of you will be exercising them already in a very deliberate way. Some may be dipping in and out. Others may have once done these things, but perhaps have lost their way and need a reminder and a fresh nudge. For others still, some of these healthy habits might be brand new to you. There's no, there's no mathematical equation that says, if you do this, this, and this, you'll feel closer to God. But many of us have found that these things contribute to that greater sense of spiritual well-being and vibrancy. Don't you just love that image from Psalm 1, the image of the tree? The comparison of a person delighting in God's law and meditating on it with a tree planted by streams of water drawing in through its roots, sustained and yielding fruit. I don't know about you, but I want to be like that tree. And we'll grow in that sense of rootedness and and draw in as we engage in these healthy habits. They'll take us deeper with God. Healthy spiritual practices contribute to our fruitfulness and sense of well-being. But it takes a while, doesn't it, to develop a healthy habit. Fifteen years ago, a health psychology researcher at University College London published a study which suggested that good habits 
take on average 66 days to become automatic. And so we've decided to introduce one healthy habit roughly every 66 days. Every couple of months we'll be introducing a new one in between various other sermon series. We'll preach on one of those habits. We'll provide resources to help you engage with that habit. We'll encourage uh, feedback as to how you're getting on. There'll be opportunities to practice that habit both as individuals and corporately, whether it's something we do within our Sunday services, whether it's within our midweek life groups or elsewhere. And over a couple of months, hopefully you'll embed that practice so that it comes more naturally to you. We're going to start uh, this week with confession. We'll move on and look at worship just after Easter, on through the summer, thinking about learning, serving, intercession, and hospitality. And it's outlined on this sheet some of the ways in which uh, we will do that. As I say, many of you will be doing these things already. For others, they'll be new. For others, they'll just be a little nudge that you need. So confession today. I think we should have a guest speaker at this point. I can't see him here, but just maybe he'll appear on the screen. Over to Dan. Oh, there he is at the back. But he's prepared something extra for us as well. We're really hoping the Rhythm of Life set of practices will enable each one of us to grow deeper in our discipleship with Jesus. The first practice we'll take up on this journey over the course of the next year is the practice of confession. Now, some of you may well remember Simon Mayo and his radio show uh, a good few years ago where he used to encourage people to write in with their confession. Uh, and He would then read it out over the radio uh, and there would be a small group of people who would then vote on whether he should be forgiven or they should be forgiven or not. Well, you're going to be glad to hear that I'm not going to be encouraging you to be writing in or sharing your uh, confessions with me, and I'm not going to be sharing them with the rest of the church. But this practice of confession is really key in helping us uh, to grow, to become more like Jesus. And as we enter into this period of Lent, it's a period of self-reflection, self-denial, confession and repentance. It's a time when we acknowledge our mortality, our sinfulness, and we recognise our need of God's forgiveness and his restoration. And so over the course of the next six or eight weeks or so, we're going to grow in this practice of confession too. I wonder if you remember in John 1, it says, if we confess, uh, if we confess to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What an amazing opportunity to come into the presence of God, to unburden ourselves and to seek his forgiveness and his restoration. So the next six or eight weeks, uh, we too are going to be practicing uh, this practice of confession. Uh, confession is is about remembering that God is perfect and that we aren't. 
that we need him to forgive us in order to clear away uh, the rubbish, the barrier that gets in between us and him. And so we're going to be taking up the the prayer of examine by by the way that we're going to seek to grow in developing this uh, habit of confession. The prayer prayer of examine is an ancient method of reflection which uh, can enable you at the end of the day to look back and notice where God has been present uh, and maybe when you've been far away from God. It's an opportunity to recognise your need for God's forgiveness uh, and to bring before him those things that have uh, been a barrier that have got in the way. And as we look back over the day, we recognise where God has been close to us when we have been far off. We're aware of where he was with us, protecting us, guiding us and encouraging us, working with us, even when we didn't notice it or didn't acknowledge it. So I'm going to invite you to join with the rest of the Christchurch family. Take up uh, our leaflet, sign up for this uh, spiritual journey through the course of the next year, growing into the likeness of Jesus. I really hope that all of you will take this opportunity uh, to get involved, to seek to grow deeper in your discipleship this year. As we begin the journey of living life with Jesus, the Jesus way, seeking to live life in all its fullness. Grab a card, sign up and begin the journey with the rest of the Christchurch family as we seek to become more like Jesus. Thank you, Dan. And so, as you see on the screen, and uh, hopefully you've received on the way in, or certainly they're on the table uh, on the way out, the ways in which you can particularly engage with with this is by, well, first of all, um, buying into what we're doing, by um, signing up. There's a little form, and headed up Rhythm of Life, and uh, on the bottom there, you can... Uh, Just fill in a little pledge form that says you commit to be part of this journey over this next 12 months where we're introducing a different spiritual practice every couple of months and you'll engage with it and seek to embed it in your life. Um, So do uh, fill that in. There's a little box at the back. If you're more techie-minded, there's QR codes which both link to resources and you can also sign up online. And every couple of months, we'll be producing a leaflet which expands on the particular um, healthy habit and ways in which you can uh, engage with it. And so do be using that prayer of examon over the weeks ahead. And we're really grateful for Anita who's put put in so much work to to make this happen. So do speak to her if you want to know uh, a little bit more, or to Dan or myself. And it really struck me this morning, the the, the significance of this. I was... um, uh, doubling up this morning in that I was uh, doing my own sort of devotional time whilst walking the dog. So I was listening to Lecture 365 on my phone whilst walking the dog. And there were a couple of um, prayers in this morning's lecture which, which struck me. And uh, the first one is a prayer that very much looks outward and thinks about our church community and what we want it to be like. And I think one of the keys for our church community being an outward-looking community is that we're in a place where we're engaging with God, where we're going deeper with God, where we're exercising these healthy habits. So we're in a place 
to give from a heart that is full. And the prayer says simply, Lord, may my church community be increasingly known as a home where weary, wandering souls find belonging and direction. Fill us to overflowing with the hope and joy of Jesus' resurrection. And then the second prayer was more of a personal prayer. It's the Sabbath blessing that Pete Gregg uh, wrote and is used within Lecture 365 um, every week. May this day bring Sabbath rest to my heart and my home. May God's image in me be restored and my imagination in God be restored. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May I know grace to embrace my own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed me and his spirit lead me into the week and into the life to come. And I was thinking about that prayer and thinking about its relevance in my life and actually in all of our lives and how to get a sense of priority in life to get to a place where the gravity of material things is lightened and the relativity of time slows down means we need to be pausing, we need to be reflecting, we need to be confessing and recognising our weakness. And as God meets us, we're strengthened to live for him day by day, recognising our own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. So let me pray for us just as we finish, but do complete the form, put it in a box, and then begin to engage with these practices. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that although you are the creator of the universe, that you want us to be in relationship with you. And thank you, Lord God, for some of the ways in which we can engage with you, get to know you better, bring our, our hearts, our concerns, our joys to you. Thank you, Lord God, that even though we, our behaviour takes us far from you, that you don't turn us away, that you welcome us back. And so for the privilege of being able to confess our sins and our weakness to you, knowing that you're a faithful God and a forgiving God. And so help us, we pray. Help us we, as we engage with this first of our spiritual practices and as we engage with you in other ways and look outward to your world in other ways. Strengthen us, we pray. May your Holy Spirit be very much at work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen.